Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I am David. And he is my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. Hey, Dad. Yes. What is the weirdest recipe that you have eaten lately? Well, um, did a lot of eating over the holidays, and it's good to be back with everybody. Uh, got a recipe from a friend of ours mm-hmm. for a Thai chicken taco. Mm. And, you know, you're like, okay, I like Thai food. But this has crunchy peanut butter in the recipe. Mm-hmm. You mix it with chicken that you pan fry, mm-hmm. and then you serve it as a taco with some uh, pineapple coleslaw. Mm. So it's like really, really different. It was kind of out there, but the girl who gave it to to me was like, this is the best. Yeah. And I trust her. So I got it, I tried it, and it was very good. I ate it last night. And uh, I have to say, it's one that I am adding to the recipe file and I will be eating again. Well, yeah, yeah. If next time you want to throw out an invite, I'm here. I'm yeah, here for you. It, it, you know? Well, you think peanut butter in a savory dish. I mean, there's just something you're like, uh. I've been burnt by it many times before. Yeah. That's one of the few Thai things I don't typically like. Mm-hmm. I love Thai food in general. Yeah. But when it has like a weird peanut, like when I feel like I'm eating peanut butter noodles, yeah. I'm not digging that. But yeah. this one might convert me. I don't know. Well, I think what it is is the marinade of the chicken somehow interacts with the peanut butter where it doesn't taste peanut buttery. Mm. It and, doesn't have uh, that dry kind of pasty feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it blends in. It makes it kind of smooth. Yeah. And uh, so it was it was very good. Okay. I ate a large quantity of it. And uh, with the pineapple slaw, again, I was like, pineapple slaw, I don't know. But mm-hmm. it just all blended really well together. Okay, that's good. For me, I'd probably say one of the things that we did recently that I've never had any personal experience with Mm -hmm. is making ambrosia. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We did that for Christmas Eve. And I'm not going to lie, we also bought more stuff and did it again this week. Did you? Because it's freaking good. It really is. But I've never heard of it. And like, I think you were the one who explained what it was. Yeah. But it's apparently like a traditional thing people do at Christmas. To do like coconut flakes and pineapple and grapefruit and orange. Yeah, orange. And yeah, my grandmother used to do it with oranges. That's when you said ambrosia, I thought of her. Yeah. I haven't made it. But yeah. I remember my grandmother used to have it. I had no idea because when Emily told me that we were going to do it, I was like, ambrosia is the food of the gods in Greek mythology. <laughs> How are we going to have ambrosia? The food of the gods. <laughs> the food of the gods. I don't know why it made me think of Red Skull it from did. the MCU. <laughs> Who was really into mythology, I it guess. <laughs> um, food of the gods. The food of the gods. But anyway, um, yeah, that that's probably one of the big ones. This past weekend, we also made a Japanese uh, chicken mm-hmm. where you take chicken breast and you flatten it out. Yeah. And then you take a thing of panko bread crumbs and you marinate the chicken and then slap it on both sides mm. to where it's like, like deliciousness. Yeah, it gives that crunch. Yeah. <sighs> It was really good. Yeah, I got an air fryer at Christmas, and I've been trying new recipes. I did sweet potato fries the other day. Mm. They came out really, really nice. Heck yes. Okay, so we've been trying a lot of recipes. Yeah, yeah, we kind of we kind of dig food. It's what we do. 
All right, so we are in the new year, 2023. Yes, it's been a minute since we've gotten to talk. Sorry to our many hundreds of thousands of listeners. We're just gonna we're just gonna hold out on you for a second so you miss us more. You that's know, right. that's that's all it is. Uh, but we're gonna be talking about a thing that Dad has, a, a, I guess, a term that you coined called the personal reboot. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're talking about the importance of reflection. Uh, the importance of evaluation and doing that regularly. So first of all, just to kind of give you a little bit of context, uh, dad made this thing called the personal reboot as a thing to kind of help men Mm -hmm. um, evaluate their times and their life and and themselves and kind of see where they needed to make adjustments. So after he made it, uh, I thought it sounded cool. Uh, I got to help kind of give some uh, editing tips on, on it. And I wanted to go through it. So I did with my wife, Emily, and it was really good. And we left both kind of with, well, we'll talk about that later, but mm-hmm. but it benefited us a lot. So we wanted to share it with you guys and give you some of the principles from it and also let you know how you can access it if you want to go through it yourself. But that's going to be the series. We're going to be talking about that. And I think it's really, really going to be helpful. But first of all, Dad, I want to ask you, why did you create the personal reboot? Yeah, the idea for the personal reboot came. There was a, there's a guy I know uh, from way back, and on his Facebook one time, I think is where I saw it. He said that he's doing a personal reboot. Oh, uh, so the the term the term came from, came his from him. Okay, I've tried to go back to verify that I got it from him. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to find it. So I don't know if it was him. I think it was him because he was just talking about making some changes because he was about to move and and his job change was happening. So he was doing that. And I thought, you know, it's interesting. We never think about the fact of a bunch of people say they want to change. And we were coming up on the new year and, you know, everybody wants to set resolutions and goals, which I think is good. But the problem is a lot of people just set them out of out of the thin air. You know, it's like, hey, what's your resolution or what's your goal for the new year? And everybody just kind of goes, I just want to lose weight Mm -hmm. or I want to get in shape or I want to make a million dollars. Yeah. We kind of grab things that are just easy. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to do is help help guys go, okay, let me go back before I make a goal or resolution and let me really do an evaluation of my life to this point. Right. Because to me, you want to set your your goal for the new year kind of out of a felt need. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be, you know, to get in better shape, lose weight or whatever, but it may be something different. Mm-hmm. And then whatever that core issue is could be the reason that maybe you do have some weight problems or your schedule is crazy. When you get to the core, a lot of times you find out, oh, that's what's really going on. Right. And a lot of times we're trying to fix the symptoms, Mm. but we're not really getting down to the core issue. And so what I want to do is help men with some questions, just kind of dig down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like super deep. You're not staring at your belly button or anything weird like that. It's just some simple, okay, think about this. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And and I, I did it just to help generate. Because, you know, if you tell someone, hey, do some deep thinking about your life, they're like, uh, okay, I, I, I guess I can do that. And, but they don't know where to start. Right. So so the questions to me help men just kind of think. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then when you and Emma did it mm-hmm. as a couple, I thought, well, that's smart. 
how brilliant is that? Mm. You know, for a couple to go through it. You know, Reese and Emily took it, went through it, and and you said it it helped you guys a lot. It really did. Uh, probably one of my favorite things about it was that Emily and I got to have conversations that I'd never thought of having because we were asked questions we never thought of asking. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get asked, hey, what do you think the reason is for that? Or, hey, what do you want in this area? Uh, it gets you thinking in a different headspace. Yeah. And it's cool to be able to dialogue with somebody about that. Um, I would even recommend it not only for people that are married, but single people to go through with like a friend that really wants to grow in the new year or something. Because yeah. there's something about that dialogue. Mm-hmm. I like reflecting and writing things down, but when you discuss with somebody else, it also brings almost a, a thing of accountability to it yeah. to where, hey, now they know what I want. Yeah. Now they know what I think. And, you know, even if you get a group to go through it together, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was really good for Emily and I because we left not only having had really good conversations, but also knowing what the other people wanted and why. Like I, yeah. I knew what Emily was trying to do. And over the past couple of months, well, weeks, really, I've gotten to kind of assist with that. Mm-hmm. And the reverse is true. She knew what I wanted to do. And so she knows, like, if I'm refraining from something or trying something out, she knows why. Yeah. Um, and that's a cool place to be. It's a really cool yeah. place to be. Well, it's almost like you're you're giving them permission to encourage and help you mm-hmm. instead of them trying to do it in some other way and kind of nagging you. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody likes to be nagged. No. no one likes to be, hey, you said you're going to lose weight. You're not doing anything. Right. But when you get down to the, you're hearing their reasons why, you're yeah. hearing their motivation. I think it's easier to help someone because mm-hmm. you can kind of speak to those things, not just, uh, hey, you said you do it. Now do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that brings a little bit more connection. Yeah. And it kind of forces you to... Because another thing I liked about the reboot is it forces you to really narrow it down and then kind of make some kind of plan. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I think we just leave things in the arena of intentions. Yeah. And if we do that, they're just not going to happen. Like, for example, like you said about making a million dollars, right? You don't make a million dollars by wanting to make a million dollars. You yeah. make a million dollars by starting something that's not glamorous. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to start something that's not glamorous. Yeah. Uh, but when you have that time of reflection, it kind of forces you to ask those questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the importance of evaluation. Because it's not very common for us to do evaluation. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think sometimes we don't like it because it feels almost like you're taking a test. Yeah. And nobody does life perfect, so nobody makes a hundred on their test. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that can be uncomfortable. But let's talk about uh, why do you think it is that a lot of people don't evaluate? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't evaluate because evaluation is it feels like a judgment. Mm. It feels like you're being graded, mm-hmm. um, and and in a sense you are. Mm-hmm. But it's also a thing of when you're the evaluator, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up with it. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people do when they evaluate. And, and I, I talk to men a lot about this. The reason men don't do a lot of evaluation is to them, it's just pure judgment. Right. So they come in and they're like, 
well, I suck at this because I suck at life, you know, and they kind of beat themselves up. Well, nobody wants to beat themselves up or get beaten up. So they just avoid it. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. That's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And what it is, is they don't want to feel put down. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think women on the other side, a lot of women get Mm -hmm. so into the evaluation part, they never do anything. They don't move past it. Women mm-hmm. will go back and forth on the evaluation mm-hmm. and not move past it. And a lot of men just never do it mm-hmm. because they, they don't like a deadline. And they also, they feel like that judgment thing that they're going to beat themselves up. I'm failing as a man. Right. Um, and that, that's hard for men to take because they're busting it each day. But then if they feel like, well, it hadn't made a difference. It's I'm all failing. vanity. Yeah. 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 And, and so, and so you have to have that balance in there. And that's why whenever I talk to people about doing stuff like that, I talk about, you know, the mirror test. Um, when you stand before a mirror, it is what it is. You know, like if you, let's say you want to get in better shape or whatever, you stand in front of a mirror and you look at your body, that's what's there. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is take the judgment out of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you can take the judgment out of it, then you can look objectively at it, you know, why am I like this? What, what is happening in my life like this? Mm-hmm. And when you really look at it, businesses do evaluations. Mm-hmm. How's our income? How's our expenses? How's our HR? You know, what are we doing here and there? And mm-hmm. they do it because they know survival comes from that. And, and what we have to do is understand that successful people are the ones who do that with themselves. You kind of back off from yourself and look at yourself from that third person way. To mm-hmm. where, okay, let me be open about myself, not to get beat up. And that's where I like what you and Emily did because as a couple, you're both each other's cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. So if one of you starts moving into that, oh, I'm terrible, I'm terrible, I'm terrible, the other one can be like, hold on, you're really good at this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And I, I like what you said about doing it with people because I think that helps you from kind of going into that vortex of doom of, you know, oh, I'm terrible, and then you just kind of give everything up. Right. I think I think that's true. And I think we have to remember that in evaluation, I don't even know if evaluation is the best word. I like reboot. Um, it's not a test like you would take in school. In school, everyone's graded on the exact same criteria. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing a personal reboot, a personal evaluation, what you want matters. Yeah. What you think matters. What you value matters. That's a point. The goal isn't to get you in line with some random ideal set by another person. It's to get you in line with who you're really supposed to become mm-hmm. in your eyes. And yeah. in the eyes, like if you're a Christian, in God's eyes. Yeah. You know, you get to ask yourself, what do I really care about? Yeah. Because, I mean, when we say successful people evaluate themselves, I think a lot of people are going to think of CEOs, famous people, rich people, but that's not all the criteria. Mm -hmm. You can be a famous person that's got a terrible family life because you don't take care of it. You can be a person that's very rich that doesn't have any close relationships because you've prioritized so much money Mm -hmm. that you've missed out on living with other people, right? So you don't have to be like, oh... Am I rich and am I famous and am, do I have six a six pack? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then I'm failing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of it's to be able to kind of line you up with who you are. I think another element we have to think about is that it's also cyclical. It's a cycle. It's a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-time evaluation. 
Like we're, what we're encouraging here isn't a one-time thing. It's a long-term habit. Yeah, yeah. And that's normal because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. And so circumstances changes, life changes, situations change. And so you have to have that ability to evaluate, to say, okay, yes. this part of my life has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? You know, um, you know, uh, my business shut down. Mm-hmm. I have to find another job. Mm-hmm. That's something I didn't expect. So what do I need to do to make that happen? Yeah. Or, you know, a health issue in the family. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, a tornado took everything from the house. Or you, you graduate and you can't find a job in your chosen field. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's something you don't expect and you got to reevaluate. Yeah, you have to reevaluate um, what, what you had as an expectation mm-hmm. and then what you can do at that point forward. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, the good part about it is when you evaluate, you're kind of centering yourself, kind of getting back to, okay, what is important to me? Right. What is it? What is it I want to do? And I think that's where the cyclical nature of it, you just get better at it. Mm-hmm. Just like any habit you do when you're a little kid, brushing your teeth is hard. Right. Because you've never done it. Where now as an adult, you don't even think about it. No big deal. I mean, you can do it while you're doing this, that and the other thing mm-hmm. because it's 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 muscle memory. And that's mm-hmm. what we have to do with evaluation is do it to the point it becomes muscle memory mm-hmm. where where we just do it naturally. Yeah. And I think a lot of young adults and people just in general mm-hmm. are trying to find their lane. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, I just want to find my lane, man. I want to find my, my area where I can thrive mm-hmm. and succeed. And when you, I think we assume that finding your lane means you find like that perfect balance yeah. of this element of my life. Like I work out this much, I do this certain job, I have this much time with these people and man, I just stay in that Zen state. For the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know, for the next five decades, yeah. I can yeah. just be in that state because I found my lane. Yeah. But when you think about driving in a lane with a car, in order to stay in your lane, you have to make a thousand little micro adjustments with that steering That's wheel. That's a great point. Because really you're naturally, good. that car's one, almost no lane is just a straight shot. Yeah. Most lanes curve, mm-hmm. you know, just like in life. You're, there's... It's not just a straight shot to your goal. There's going to be things you don't expect, curves you don't expect. But then also, even if it was a straight shot, there's a tendency to drift whenever you're driving. Yeah. That your car just drifts. Like if you take your hands off the steering wheel, that thing's not going to go straight. Yeah. It's It's going to go one way or the other. Yeah. It's never going to go straight. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in life. Like we have to learn how to make those micro adjustments almost as if we're on the steering wheel. Yeah. To be like, all right, where am I at? Do I like this? Mm, it looks like that's a little bit out of balance. looks like yeah. I'm doing a little bit too much here or I'm not doing enough in that area. Mm-hmm. Those are things like, that's really what the personal reboot's about. Yeah. It's about staying in the right lane, not just finding yeah. it, but being in there. Yeah, finding it, staying in it, and, and also kind of staying true to, you know, this is who I am. This is the direction I want to go. And you kind of reevaluate that. Where am I at in my life? Is this is this where I want to be? Yeah. And how am I doing? You know, with my relationships, how am I mm-hmm. doing? You know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Yep. Um, and when you look at all those, it is you just kind of you're staying in your lane. And a lot of people think that being in their lane, like you said, means everything's going to go smooth. Well, it's it's 
the opposite. When you're driving, sometimes you got a slow driver in front of you, you got to pass him. Mm-hmm. Or if you live where we live, the roads have crazy potholes in them out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out for them. Yep. So you've got to be alert. And I think life brings those things to us, and then we can just kind of steer. And and we. But the key is you're moving. You keep moving. Yeah. You don't have to stop to reevaluate. You can evaluate while you're moving, and make those adjustments. Yeah, I love the word alert in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what what evaluation is all about, is just being alert as yeah. to what's going on. You're just aware. Yeah. The goal is to bring awareness. Even if it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it's a good thing because yeah. you, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, that's what I think evaluation really helps us do is stay alert. Yeah, and, and that's really what it's all about on the mm-hmm. journey because, you know, this life takes time. Yeah. And it changes all the time. So consistently evaluating helps you navigate that well. Yeah, it does. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into the questions of the day. Um, Let's start with the first one. Where else would we start? Let's start with the third one. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so first question. What is one New Year's goal that you are working on currently? Mm. Um, I'm I'm working on my relationship with food. Mm. Uh, a book you gave me talked about that, kind of changing the way you think about things. Mm-hmm. And it really made me evaluate food and the place of food in my life. Like, I enjoy food, and that's not wrong. Right. It's when I use food as a comfort, mm. when I use food to replace other things. Or for me, when I'm in a passive state, I tend to eat more. Mm. And, and so that's one of the things I'm working on this year is like, okay, let me work to build a healthier relationship with food, I guess, yeah. to where it's not, I run to food as a comfort. Mm. I run to food. You know, we call it in the South comfort food. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that when it becomes the most important thing or the all, the go-to. Right. Um, and then and that's forced me to think about how I eat. Mm. Do I eat too fast? Mm. You know, am I enjoying my food or am I shoving it down so I can get more? Mm. Which is kind of a poverty mentality. So it's opened up this whole side to me. And I know that's probably way more information than they want to know. But for me, it's, it's like, okay, maybe I eat sometimes the way I eat because, you know, when I was a kid... You know, I, food became a comfort to me because of some of the stuff I went through in life. Um, or, you know, I was never in poverty, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a ton. Mm-hmm. So, oh, let me eat while I can eat. Mm. You know, and food kind of, I'm discovering some of those thoughts in my brain. And that's kind of where I'm working on right now. Yeah. No, that's good. I think that's actually cool because you've opened up to people about what you're navigating. Yeah. For me... I would say probably one of the biggest ones I'm working on right now is finding a balance on how to do media well, mm. like just personal entertainment media. Because yeah. just like many, many people in our world, <laughs> um, I'm one of those people that it's so easy for me to just turn on in my case, Crunchyroll, but in a yeah. lot of people's cases, it'd be Netflix. Yeah. But to just turn on Crunchyroll and just have it going, mm-hmm. you know, um, I do it when I wash dishes and I really enjoy that. Uh, but I began to, I'm seeing, I'm not happy uh, 
with just making that my go-to thing every time. Mm-hmm. I want to have hobbies. I want to have times where I'm just bored. Because um, that was part of the normal human experience for so long of history, and now it's not. Yeah. I've noticed that sometimes if I don't have like time to breathe, time mm-hmm. to just be, uh, I don't think that's good. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's good for the soul necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to be able to get back to some days where I can be bored again yeah. um, and, and to slow down my pace of life because I felt like God challenged me a few weeks ago, he was like, Reese, if you want me to, if you want intimacy, you can't be rushed and in a hurry. Yeah. And I'm not cool. rushed and in a hurry just because of responsibilities. A lot of times I'm rushed and in a hurry because I want to get to my show. Yeah. You know, yeah, I want to, I want to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't have any free time. It's that I'm giving it all away so I can enjoy these different forms of yeah. TV yeah. Uh, or yeah. video games or whatever mm-hmm. it, it is in that moment. Um, cause it's shifted in different times of my life, but, but it's, I always go back to that. Yeah. And so the escapism of it, I don't, I don't want to try and escape my life by going to interesting stories. Yeah. I want to live my life and then go and enjoy interesting yeah. stories. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So that's, that's what I'm working on. Um, let's go to the next question real quick. We, yeah. we both opened up our souls there for a second. <laughs> uh, okay. How do you make yourself do something you don't want to do? cleaning, budgeting, working out, etc. That's a good question. It is a good question. Um, well, sometimes you just have to understand that, that, and there's an author who says it this way, I can't remember who, but talks about the suck factor that some things are just not fun, mm-hmm. but you have to do them. Yep. And I think when you kind of get to that point in your mind where you're like, okay, I just need to do this. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest step. Um, but there's some things you can do. I think one, as you schedule, you know, if you schedule and you know, okay, Wednesday is cleaning day. Right. Or this is like like the other day, I, I'm trying to remember to wash my sheets on a certain day. This mm-hmm. is sheet wash. So I don't forget because I'll yeah. forget and I'll be like, when's the last time I washed my sheets? Yeah. And when you just ask that question, it's gross. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's been a while. Yeah. So, you know, try to schedule. You know, I've heard people say that when they lay out their clothes the night before to go work out in the morning. Right. Or to bring your clothes to work so you yeah. go on the way home. Um, if you plan knowing that I'm not going to feel like this, but I'm going to go ahead and do the stuff so I have it with me. So there's no excuse. Right. Like if you go home to change and then go to the gym, a lot of times you never make it to the gym. Right. Um, or if budgeting, if you don't have a set time, this is I'm going to sit down with the budget and I'm going to spend you know 30 minutes on Tuesday with it then you'll, you'll always find a reason to put it off. That is very true. So I think just scheduling it and understanding it's not going to be fun all the time. But uh, when you kind of get to that point, the afterwards feeling of accomplishment is what you go for. Yeah, I think you're very right. I think that would probably be the number one, the number one thing. Um, something I'm going to say just to supplement it is some people try to start on the deep end when they're jumping into productive disciplines. Yeah. Um, like, hey, if I'm going to clean, I'm cleaning everything. I'm yeah. dusting everything. I'm emptying everything out of the house, cleaning yeah. it all, then moving it back in. Yeah. And then I'm going to start fresh. That's not the way the human brain works. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to start with where you're at. Like, if you're trying to build a discipline of keeping your house tidy and you're just a, you're just a slob, to be frank, yeah. well, start with one thing. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to try 
and keep my floors clean. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to try to keep this counter clean. So every time I pull something out, I'm going to just put it back. Yeah. Or maybe that's the habit. Each time I pull something out, I'm just going to put it back. Yep. It's that simple. Or maybe it's your shoes. Your shoes are just all over the house. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, whenever I get back home, the first thing I'm going to do is go to my closet, set my shoes down. Yeah. Right? Start somewhere. And then as you develop that, you almost get momentum going. Yeah. And then good. as you have momentum, you can build that up. Yeah, I stole part of that idea from Jordan Peterson. So, you know, well. feel free to <laughs> feel free to go look at his stuff. But yeah. he, he does that with people that he's counseling, you know, mm -hmm. people that had just feel no semblance of control. He try to he tries to help them earn their own respect yeah. by starting with something they're actually going to do. Yeah. Not One something they'd like do. to be able to do, mm -hmm. but something they're actually going to do. Yeah. Okay, final question. I feel like we gotta get to this one because it's kind of important. This person said, I've got a girl that I like. I wanna ask him out, but I'm afraid that if she says no, it's gonna make everything awkward. You got any tips? Many, many men have been in this in this position before, so. Yeah, yeah, well what you do is you you write a note, fold it special where it says, do you like me, check yes or no, and then give it, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's if you're in sixth grade, um, but no, Honestly, if you really like her and you want to ask her out, you just got to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. um, now you can talk to a friend, not her friend, but your friend and say, hey, what do you think? And he might give you a third person perspective of, yeah, I think she's into you or no, I don't think she's into you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that behind the scenes. Find out if she likes you before you ask her because yeah. that just makes you look weak. Yeah. Um, to me, you just ask. If, if she says no, it might feel awkward for a little bit, but you know what? It's going to feel better than never asking and always wondering. Yeah. And so I think, I think you just have to work up the courage to do it. Um, and also, again, the third party, get someone to kind of speak into it. That might help you to think, hey, do you think she did say yes? Yeah. Um, and then when you ask her, maybe do it on a less uh, pressured way. Yeah. Like, hey, there's a group of us going. Do you want to come with me and go? Right. Because that's a lot easier to ask than, hey, I'm going to take you to a romantic dinner where she may not know you that well. Mm -hmm. So if you say, hey, there's a group of us going bowling. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go with us? That's an ask. And, and you can kind of gauge on that night and see. You yeah. Know, and kind of do it that way. I think that's a good tactic. If you don't know her super well, mm -hmm. that's going to be the best approach yeah. is starting with just making it more casual and then seeing if she like if y'all have chemistry. Yeah. Because the truth is, if y'all have zero, like y'all go bowling and y'all say like two sentences to each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, she probably didn't like you that much. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. But ultimately, I think you're right. If if you get to the point to where you just need to know and that does come eventually. Mm -hmm. You're not going to avoid it. Yeah. You know, she's not just going to randomly confess to you. This isn't yeah. one of those shows no. where like the random gorgeous girl just comes and it's like, I've developed feelings for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? It's only movies. Yeah. Uh, and that's good because this gives you an opportunity to be brave. Mm -hmm. And even if you get are brave and get rejected, yeah. you know, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to be okay. You you know, have friends you know, who can support you in that time if you mm -hmm. get rejected. You can even, I just thought about this just now, but you can even have a game plan. Like if she says no, 
I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you know, exactly. To where you remember that there's something that happens after she says no. Yeah. Because I think good. that's what people are scared of. Mm -hmm. So like, maybe you want to pull a Jujutsu Kaisen and go get ramen with your bro. You know, <laughs> that's maybe that's what you're trying to do. You need an Itadori Yuji in your life. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. But being able to take the leap is going to be good. And if the answer is no... You don't necessarily have to ask her why, but maybe that's a good opportunity to ask yourself, mm -hmm. you know, because there's usually more to it than just physical attractiveness. Yeah. You know, so if there's something you need to work on, that's a great way to find out. It is. And here's another element. Uh, I heard this in a podcast. They said the way that you respond after getting rejected is absolutely key to that person's respect of you. Mm and your relationship afterwards, yeah, right? Yeah, that's good. So I'm not saying she's gonna come back to you and be like, oh, let's get in a relationship now, you're so yeah. cool. Um, but it, it's not gonna shut that door entirely. Yeah, and she may have a friend who has feelings for you and she can say, you know, he acted real mature when I said no. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that's some good, good change to have in the pocket. Yeah, so ultimately you just do have to take the risk. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth knowing. Definitely. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If you have any questions, you can send us on Instagram a direct message at the Hey Dad Podcast, or you can email us at questions at heydad.us. See y'all in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.